From the nation's capital to the Sunshine State. It's compelling. The high plains of Kansas and the northeast corner of the land of enchantment. It's Monday. The land of EWTN all across the Lone Star State. It's GRN Alive. Bringing you faith, fun, and facts. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us on the show. Call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN Alive Monday edition. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is so good to be with you again on a uh, beautiful Monday morning. Praise be to God. Uh, it's Well, maybe it's beautiful where you're at. It's cloudy and overcast again here today. But you know what? Above every gray cloud, there is the sunshine and the blue skies, and God is still very, very good. Great program lined up for you today. My good buddy Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate is going to be on the program. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Pope's comments. You, By now, you've probably gone through relentless amounts of talking heads and opinions and articles and and I won't be any different, I promise you. But you probably have heard a lot by now. But you might not have heard the angle that I think Mark and I want to talk about. And the angle is about the fatherhood, the crisis of fatherhood in the midst of chaos and confusion in the family. Right? So Mark Houck from the King's Men will be on to talk about that. And then Bree Dale rejoins the show. Uh, Bree has been a, a contributor here. I'm calling her, I think it's official, I'm calling her our Rome Bureau Chief of the GRN Alive Monday show. Uh, completely voluntary, but uh, she's back on the program. She has the pulse of all the breaking stories, and there are actually several breaking stories in addition to, you know, the uh, the... The confusion and chaos that came from the Pope's comments in that uh, documentary film that came out last week. Uh, but also, you know, the, the Chaldean Catholic Cathedral in San Diego got attacked. Well, they put out a, a tweet that started a firestorm. There seems to be new crackdowns on the Jewish community in New York. Uh, Irish Catholics are in fear that they're... Uh, parishes could be locked and their priests could be arrested um, under the cover of the uh, scandal in the documentary the vatican renewed its deal with china uh, which is a bad deal armenia Azerbaijan, Ar- Ar- how do you say that word azerbaijan thank you azerbaijan armenia and azerbaijan for some reason i couldn't get that out that's in the news nigeria's got some big issues and of course uh, so much more to talk about. The, Jerusalem is a new patriarch, by the way. So there's a lot in the news to discuss, and Bree is the uh, person to discuss that. Plus, Teresa Kamara from HoustonCoalition.com is back with us with some uh, pro-life news, so it's good to have her back in the studio. Janelle is back in the studio. So I feel like we've got the full team here, and we're going to have a great program. Why don't we pray and get into it? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. And other headlines with Tim Ott. The latest surge of COVID-19 infections has pushed the seven-day average of new daily cases to heights not seen since the pandemic began. The seven-day average of new cases hit 68,767 on Sunday, topping the previous peak of 67,293 reported on July 22nd. 
The two highest single days of new cases were Friday and Saturday, with more than 83,000 new cases added each day. The Archdiocese of Santa Fe is indefinitely suspending all public masses again, citing rising COVID-19 cases in New Mexico and the approaching flu season. The Archdiocese's schools may remain open. Churches may remain open for private prayer as long as people remain masked and socially distanced. With eight days before Election Day, more people have already cast ballots in this year's presidential election than voted early or absentee in the 2016 race as as the start of in-person early voting in big states led to a surge in turnout in recent days. Pope Francis said on Sunday that he will create 13 new cardinals, including Washington Archbishop Wilton Gregory, at a consistory on November 28th, the vigil of the first Sunday of Advent. Gregory, who was appointed Archbishop of Washington, D.C. in 2019, will become the first black cardinal of the United States. Protesters targeted Catholic churches across Poland on Sunday in the fourth straight day of upheaval against a near-total ban on abortion in the European European Union country. In a highly anticipated ruling last Thursday, the Constitutional Tribunal in Warsaw declared that the law introduced in 1993 was incompatible with Poland's constitution. The president of Poland's bishops' conference urged the protesters to express their opposition in a socially acceptable way after they disrupted Sunday masses. The Mississippi Attorney General on Thursday urged the U.S. Supreme Court to hear a case regarding the state's ban on most abortions from 15 weeks into pregnancy, citing a circuit split over a question raised in the suit. Fitch noted that in a recent case, a panel of the Fifth Circuit acknowledged that its decision conflicted with one reached by the Eighth Circuit and that the Sixth Circuit has, quote, reached the exact opposite conclusion as the Fifth Circuit panel majority. The Senate is expected to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court in a vote this evening. And the biggest headline of all, church teaching regarding homosexuality still remains unchanged after 2,000 years, despite edited comments from the Pope appearing in a documentary film. For more news from a Catholic perspective, visit catholicnewsagency.com. Born January 4th, 1651, Blessed Bonaventure of Potenza. Pray for us. He, a young man, born in the Naples, the Kingdom of Naples, back, you know, it wasn't actually all that long ago when the Italy that we know and, well, I guess sometimes love, uh, is this full country, the entire boot under one government. That wasn't actually all that long ago when that happened. Before then, it was broken up into bits and chunks, and one of those chunks was the Kingdom of Naples. And a young man, again, born January the 4th, 1651, uh, to poor but virtuous parents, uh, at the age of 15, joined the conventual Franciscans. Uh, and because he was felt very drawn to this life, this austere life. However, um, because maybe of his lack of maturity, he didn't achieve achieve the zeal for perfection that his brother friars expected of him, his superiors expected of him. So they sent him off to Amalfi, where he uh, studied under uh, sort of a what they call a doctor of the soul, right? Somebody who had great perfection, great um, knowledge, and great love of charity and of the faith and humility and, and obedience. And they, he taught this young man, Bonaventure, all of these good qualities and virtues. And he, he took to them eventually. And he perfected them and to the point where he would blindly obey his superiors. One day, for instance, he lost the key to the sacristy and he went to tell his superior, the key is missing. And the superior to test his obedience said, you must go to the well and fish it out. Now, Bonaventure never said, I lost, I dropped it in the well. He just said, it's gone. I can't find it anywhere. And uh, But without questioning, without so without grumbling, he just simply went and found a fishing pole 
went to the well and he fished for the key and the key was pulled from that well out of obedience. It was a miracle. Well, uh, eventually what happens is the plague breaks out and uh, Bonaventure gives himself completely without fear of the sickness without fear of disease he simply gives himself to caring for the sick even the the most destitute within his community he doesn't worry about being sick himself he simply goes and cares for these people whatever they needed he would provide and especially he came to hear their confessions and to provide them uh the holy eucharist he preached very humbly but powerfully and uh and he he shared his love his zeal for the faith in many many ways many miracles occurred during the course of his life even um he would levitate he would often be caught levitating and in fact on his deathbed in 1711 october the 26th he died while in ecstasy singing the Psalms. Uh, so he's in a great, he's a great witness to us all about the zeal, the passion for life, and do not be afraid. No matter what is thrown our way, no matter what the sickness does around us, no matter what the society does around us, you know, as St. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the shield of faith and you will quench all the fiery darts that the devil can toss at you. St. Bonaventure of Potenza, pray for us. Teresa Kamara, good morning. Good morning, Joe. It's good to see you back. It's great to be back. Praise Jesus. What would you do over the weekend? Oh, wow. A whole lot of things. Um, I got a chance to be outside of the abortion facility in Planned Parenthood and continue to pray with an amazing number of volunteers that came out. Um, we wow. even had a, a group from a crisis pregnancy center that said they saw Unplanned, so they were out there. Um, there were quite a few priests that came out to pray with us this past week. Including, That's always awesome. Including, um, we had... Bishop Cahill from Victoria, Praise from the God. Diocese of Victoria, uh, visit us. And so that was awesome. We're very grateful to each one of them for taking time out of their very busy schedule and coming to pray for an end to abortion because we know it's first and foremost a spiritual battle. And so just being Amen. able to to see that prayer happen on the sidewalk and, and the encouragement that gives to people. I mean, there were many priests from many different parishes. You don't always this. get a bishop out there. No. So that's <laughs> pretty very, cool. That comes with some gravitas. Yes. Yeah. And, and he he gave us all a blessing. He was he gave a blessing for the Houston Coalition for Life and the Forty Days for Life and just that prayer for the unborn. So it was it was yeah. awesome to be able to pray with him. Yeah. I watched Lincoln again. Uh-huh. Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, I know you've not seen the film. I have not, along uh, with a lot of other films. I, I, seen. I think I've seen this film four or five times. I might have to watch it on election. It, it is <laughs> it is brilliant. I I just love. This film, Daniel Day-Lewis playing uh, President Abraham Lincoln, it is a fantastic film. Highly, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, now, David Magianis, before the show, said that there's a new film come out about St. Max Colbay. And I didn't even know. Yes, Two Crowns. I am uh, super David, excited about wh- it. What is the film called, and where do we find more information about this? It's on. Uh, two, it's called Two Crowns, and so uh, how just, come I didn't know about this? Uh, Teresa didn't tell you. <laughs> it's Teresa's fault. Yes, because okay. we, we know I'm the film expert. <laughs> Ter- Teresa, whatever you're making, you can cut it in two. So, you can just divide that by zero. two from now on. So uh, we. Uh, so also, uh, Father What's the, Peyton, Hold on, well, real quick. What's the website? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, what is the website? And it's only showing tonight. So yeah, it's very crownsmovie.com. Yeah. Twocrownsmovie.com. It's only tonight. Uh, thanks. I mean, like. Only tonight. Only tonight. No other options. Can I stream it possibly? Can I pay? I'll pay them. I know. Not yet. Not we'll, yet. We'll get an entire theater, maybe. There you go. There's there, there's a new project. I see for the you. gleam in your eye on it, <laughs> Teresa. Now, you were saying that. You know, I'm going to go. <laughs> the Patrick Payton film. Yes, and that was that showed this weekend. And did that you watch was, that? I did not watch that either. You don't but wa- I, Okay. <laughs> no. You should watch at least one movie every weekend. I mean, I mean, like, who doesn't do that? Mm, well, J- J- <laughs> Janelle, our interns, like I don't. <laughs> but she's a student, okay? So she's still in university. Yeah, we nice. give her a pass on that. But we, your, it's your excuse. Yeah, I didn't watch the debates either. That was too high drama. <laughs> oh. That was WrestleMania. Is what that was. No, no, no. That's uh, that's America. America at its best, right there. Uh, all right. So Patrick Payton film is out. The mm-hmm. Two Hearts film is out. These are great mm-hmm. opportunities to, to support Catholic films. Uh, and, uh, you know, be entertained and informed at the same time. So mm-hmm. check those out. I know we're looking to watch the Patrick Payton film, but now I've got to go watch the uh, St. Max Colbe. He's one of my heroes. Yes. So. Sounds good. All right, what else is in the headline news? So as far as for pro-life news, um, Poland had a big victory in the court system. Um, they stopped abortions um, that are done uh, discriminating against the unborn who have health difficulties, and so that basically bans all abortions in Poland except for in cases of rape or a life of the mother. Um, and that was actually voted on. And that that the judge handed that ruling down on the feast of Pope John Paul II. Um, also on that same day, um, Trump signed, um, along with 32 countries, the Geneva Consensus Declaration on Promoting Women's Health and Strengthening the Family. Um, so it was a beautiful document. Um, that's you know through through the UN actually through and uh, they. Defend the family, they defend women's rights and equality, and they do not compromise on the unborn. So I got really excited about. I did watch part of that, <laughs> um, and and they specifically listed the protection for women and for the unborn. Nice. Um, also, a t- Texas city of Morton becomes the sixteenth city in the U.S. to outlaw abortion. Um, and then Life Chain is going to be happening this next weekend once again. So um, if you are interested in coming out to take a stand right before Election Day and just encouraging people to vote for life, um, go to lifechain.net and see what's in your area, lifechain.net. And that happens every October. And then they're doing one also November 1st because it's right nice. before Election Day. Praise God. Um, and then also, um, as far as... Um, <laughs> it's interesting to watch the other side sometimes battle itself um, as far as the uh, pro-aborts attacking their own support system. Um, so um, NARAL has really been pushing against Feinstein now um, and saying, you were too nice during the hearings of Amy Coney wow. Barrett. How, how dare you be civil? You know, and wow. it's like, this is this is ridiculous. She obviously has had this long history of being pro-abortion, she obviously was opposing this wonderful judge who has an awesome background, who just in her own personal life, in her credentials, in her you know com- compassion within the professional zone, you know, like there's there's yeah. all of these things, her her intellectual abilities, and yet they're they're going to attack their Don't own you person. Feel though, I feel like it's been a little too easy so far, right, with Amy Coney Barrett. But I, I think that's probably because they have really nothing to work with against her. There's very little. Yeah, they've been trying to attack her faith, yeah, maybe. which is which is very I mean, anti-American. They've I know they don't have attack. anything to work with, but I guess what I'm and saying is also, the shenanigans of 
of the liberal oh, Brett Kavanaugh, cause Brett Kavanaugh is, is, it seems like the machine has like like they're complaining that Feinstein has not been hard enough on right. her. And I'm I'm waiting for a shoe to drop there. Tim Ott. Isn't Diane Feinstein the one who had the quote, the dogma yes. lives loudly yes. on you? So she was the one that attacked Barrett yes. Yes. Like years exactly. ago. And uh-huh. she's not nice enough. Yes, yep. exactly. Okay. And she's a, just, I just want to get and this thanks, clear. And thanks, yeah. thanks to her quote, now we all yeah. have t-shirts and hats that say the dogma lives loudly <laughs> in me. Because we all want to have that, be that mark yes. on our on us, not just on our souls, but also in our actions and on our t-shirts now. So um, also Live Action put out a great set of stats um, that promote the fact that pro-lifers do care about babies after they are born as well um, and they care about the mother Amen. and so um, she put out, out a 2019 Pregnancy Resource Center stats um, serving that they have served 1.85 million people They've provided over 267 million in free services They've carried out over 480,000 Sorry, 480,000 ultrasounds. They gave um, wow. over 300,000 parenting courses, provided over uh, a million packs of diapers, and just the list goes on. And so, you know, it's very important to keep in mind, like, I know during, even during uh, this pandemic, like, we've had people that were like, we want to make sure that the women have diapers. We want to make sure the women have wipes. And like women may yeah. just, you know, we may have to ship something to them or we may need to connect with them in an, in an unt- a non-typical way. Mm. But like we're still there. We're still seeing these women I know. choose life. It's one of those and- arguments that I shake my head at because I can think of probably three or four different groups, apostolates, yeah. ministries. Catholic and not that are right now providing, uh, you know, care for mom and baby, mm-hmm. whether that's supplies like you mentioned mm-hmm. or just training, mentorship, guidance, help. You need help finding a place to live? Well, let's come help you find that. Mm-hmm. You need help with this, that, and the other thing? Well, here we go. Let's do that. And, I mean, I can think of a, off the top of my head at least four examples in our city, and I know they exist all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. In, uh, in Alabama, we honored Jim and Joy Pento for their Decades of work mm-hmm. in the pro-life community in their crisis pregnancy clinic that walks with moms. Absolutely. Not just before, but after birth. All the time, every day, in season and out. Well, and we have, you know, the, so many resources here in Houston where it's a very, very generous city. But even if you're not here in Houston, like you can go to optionline.org and you can, and that's actually networked internationally. And then also, I mean, as far as for the USCCB that came out with this year is the year of walking with moms, um, in need. And so it's very important that if you haven't ta- tapped into that resource at this point, do it. Like this is that year. And so, so, you know, don't miss out on the opportunity um, because we only have a few months left. So um, so if you're like, what are the bishops doing? Like they're, you know, don't don't overlook what they are doing, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I, and then also I'm just really excited about that. Today is a huge day in our nation for the pro-life movement because of the vote that's going to happen over Judge Barrett that's going to happen tonight. Well, so we, we need to pray. We hope it's going like to happen said, one way or another. And the thing I feel is, she's, like there's a shoe coming to drop on top of. Well, us. and we'll the see. thing is, she's making history as it is. She is, I, and I think it was um, Senator Lindsey Graham who said that she is. She represents. Um, the work, the working mom mm. who r- takes her faith seriously and that she can have a voice at the table. Like she has a Amen. place at the table. And I Amen. think that's very important for all of us to keep in mind. Like 
it's not because she's a mom. It's not because she's a justice. It's because she is a woman who actually is credentialed to be able to Amen. do this. Yeah. And so this vote's going to be a big deal. We need to pray for her and her family. All right. Uh, real quick, before we jump on the line with my good friend Mark Houck from the Kingsman Apostolate, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Pope Francis comments about uh, civil unions in that documentary film and sort of the fallout, but from an angle you probably haven't heard discussed so far. And then later we'll talk with Bree Dale about breaking stories all over the church and beyond. Uh, but first, I want to say, hey, this week, in fact, in a couple of days on Thursday night is the Big Fishers of Men dinner in our West Texas market. Bishop Joseph Strickland will give the keynote speech. I'll be there as the MC, and I'm looking forward to being there uh, with that community. It's going to be really great. So please keep that event in your prayers. I would love to say, why don't you come on out and hang out with us? But it's sold out, and you can't. So I'm, I'm very sorry. But guess what? Good problem. Make sure you go to grnonline.com. Get the latest on our, all of our events uh, all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm very excited to tell you that we are like umpaquito. We are so close to rolling out the next big upgrade on our mobile app. Uh, I'm very excited about the big upgrade. It's, it's going to look great. It's going to function even better. Make sure you download that. You can stream us live 24-7, your local station, the podcast of all of our shows, and much, much more. Look for the Guadalupe Radio Network on your iOS or Android app store. With that, uh, let's go to the phones. Mark Houck, Kingsman Apostle, good morning. Mark Houck, King, are you there? I am here, Brother Joe. Praise be to Jesus. It's good to have you on again. No, it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, Mark and I did a great mission trip up in Montana uh, back in September. It was fantastic. We uh, really had a wonderful time serving some guys on a retreat there. And uh, just, I wish I could, I wish I could stay there. Honestly, it was so beautiful to be in, in God's country. But uh, I want to turn to uh, a sort of a less edifying conversation, and that's about His Holiness's comments in this documentary film, which is highly edited, by the way. But n- neither here nor there, he said the words. And, uh, you know, it's many people, Spadaro, uh, Father James Martin, the bishop in Argentina, many others have come out and said, no, he, he actually talked about civil unions. Uh, he supports them. He endorses them privately, what, what have you. But the, the, the conversation I want to have with you, Mark, uh, in the next 10 minutes or so is really about the crisis of fatherhood. And this is how I think about this. Just imagine, Mark, just imagine for a second that you said something, something that your kids heard and misunderstood, and they began to argue with one another. They began to fight with each other and bicker. And you just stood there, and you never clarified. You never stopped them from fighting or bickering. You just let them keep going on and on and on. Let me ask you a question. If you did that, what kind of a father would you be, Mark? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be a good father. You know, I'd be a father that... Um is not allowing my children to thrive and 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 have peace of heart and mind and and allowing confusion and chaos to be in my family would be on me i as protector as leader as provider i should be providing a space for sacred and holy dialogue and and i should be leading in that way and and I'll, and at times breaking in if i have to to um you know counsel the ignorant and so you know, this is this would be a makeup for disaster in, in the human family, but look at the church. <laughs> yes, more disaster. I, I think though, I think Phil Lawler from Boston said it best. Essentially, he said, you know, the liberals they're rejoicing in the Pope's comments and they act like it's sacrosanct. Whatever he says is law. 
Uh, and then the conservative supporters of His Holiness are trying to explain away his comments, trying to make, you know, it seem like it, he didn't say what he actually said, but neither here nor there, we're still left with the confusion and the chaos, and the, the ball gets pushed forward uh, for the agenda that tries to normalize what is otherwise not normal. Um, but again, going back to our that that filter as husbands, as fathers, as men, uh, that becomes very that, 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 that's scandalous. Just all by itself, just on that chaos and confusion level, it is truly um, scandalous to me. Anyway, what say you, Mark? How? Well, Joe, thanks. And and I've been blogging about this, talking about this, and I I would say that um, it's cataclysmic. I I said that word previously. It's disastrous. Um, clearly. Uh, if you want to push this off as a translation error, um, that that would be um, quite, um, I would say, uh, dangerous and reckless. Uh, frankly, the Pope needs to, or someone in the Vatican, the Curia, needs to clarify this because the faithful are left to interpret on their own. And even if even if it is a translation error, um, the words itself, what we did get right are still problematic, as Bishop Athanasius Schneider has said. The Pope is lending this tacit approval to the lifestyle, which you said is normalized, being legitimized, and validated through the head of the Holy Catholic Church. And so this is going to confuse the lay faithful, especially those who are struggling with same-sex attraction, and this might be just the push that they need to say yes to the lifestyle. And how dangerous that is, and how awful uh, that our Holy Father, it would be on his hands. So this is very, whether a father in the home or the Holy Father in the Church, this is going to have ramifications beyond just, you know, a simple documentary that, you know, maybe he was misquoted on. We're talking with Mark Hauk from the Kingsmen. Thekingsmen.org is the website, thekingsmen.org. We're talking about His Holiness and his comments. And, you know, uh, there's going to be a a great number of people who are still going to be just shocked over any criticism of the Pope. I myself, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing for when I came into the Catholic faith, and I had a conversion experience, and I got into apologetics and tried to defend the pontificate against the Protestant attacks on the office. It's a, it's kind of a mind twist for me to sit here and criticize the Pope in some way. But I refer to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph 907, and it says, quote, in accordance with the knowledge, competence, and preeminence which they possess, lay people, have the right and even at times a duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church, and they have a right to make their opinion known to the other Christian faithful with due regard to the integrity of faith and morals and reverence toward their pastors and with consideration for the common good and dignity of of persons, end quote. Now, Mark, I know you've done this. Maybe you can explain how you did exactly what paragraph 907 said. Well, right. I mean, those in my charge and my care and custody, as you like to say, you know, I have a duty and responsibility to, as someone who's looked to, and you as well, Joe, as someone for, for leadership in the church, and even our local church, you know, we, we can't uh, skirt, or, or, or I should say, shirk that responsibility. And so I put it out in, on my website, you know, my personal opinions on this whole thing, and how I feel about what's happening. And then I read Bishop Athanasius Schneider's, you know, commentary, and it, it, it confirms what I, I believe that the Lord was laying on my heart to address this issue. So I think 
within our own little sphere of influence, we need to continually educate, form uh, consciences. We have a lot of malformed consciences. Not only do we have to do that with our children, but we need to do that with our community. I've reached out to my bishop, my archbishop, Nelson Perez. I've asked him to address it like my his predecessor, Charles Chaput, Archbishop Chaput, would do all the time. He did it with the Morris Letitia with, with Pope Francis. He would send out clarification. I asked my archbishop to I sent it to my pastor. I asked him to address it at, at my local church. So these are the things I think we should do. We should write out to our local ordinaries and, and, and bishops and pastors to, to clarify this for us. Well, and I, I think it was a real blessing that also um, Cardinal Burke did come out with such a, a great outline point by point explaining what the church teaching is. It w- and, and also, like, I, I very much appreciate, as you mentioned, Bishop Schneider, who specifically said, and I'm quoting here, uh, Most Holy Father, for the sake of the salvation of your own immortal soul, for the sake of the souls of all those persons who, through your approval of same-sex unions, are by their sexual acts grievously offending God and exposing their souls to the danger to be eternally lost, convert, retract your approval, and proclaim with all your predecessors the unchangeable teaching of the church. And then yeah. he goes through scripturally and through quoting the catechism and through, you know, documentation as to how this has diverged, like how this, how the Pope expressing his opinion in such a manner has really caused such a scandal. And so hopefully and prayerfully he will, he will voice his change of opinion. But, but the challenge is will, do you think he actually will? I guess is my question. Well, the last time it it was done was the 14th century with Pope uh, John the 22nd. And that was, uh, you know, over an issue related to, um, uh, whether when we die we see the Lord face to face, the beatific vision. He was proclaiming that that won't happen until the, the resurrection of the body. And the whole faithful and the bishops all said, no, this is not right. And the University of Paris and, and, and all the theologians got together and confronted him and sent him letters. And on his deathbed, he retracted that. So it's okay. not a lot of precedent for a lot, a lot of, and this was his private thought. The Pope kept right. saying, Pope John XXII, these are my private thoughts. So, and I think Pope Francis is doing the same thing. So, I hope so. I think we need to pray and fast every day, fast from something, voluntary self-denial for the Pope. You know, every day offer something for the Pope that he may convert and retract this statement. But yes, I, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I think you're right. Uh, we are just got a couple minutes left with Mark Houck from the Kingsmen. TheKingsmen.org is his website, Teresa. Well, I was just remembering how last show you talked to Joseph Chambra and just like the effects that we see that it has, uh, that lifestyle has on people. It's so damaging that even if they're told that this is correct, which it's not, like, how much damage is that going to cause? Well, Joseph Chambra quoted or on on Facebook this past week expressed his uh, great frustration, yeah. anger even, and I, again, 907 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, uh, righteous anger about mm-hmm. uh, the how hard it's been for people with same-sex attraction or mm-hmm. parents whose children are same-sex attracted struggling to live a chaste life and live within the confines and the grace of uh, the sacraments in the Catholic Church. And yet here's the Pope seemingly trying to suggest that all of that blood, sweat, and tears, all of that sacrifice was for nothing. Well, there's also the reality that there is a need for, you know, that assistance in as far as counselors as far as programs to help them and if they're told oh well that's not necessary 
who are they going to turn to? Who's going to be there to help them along that path of choosing chastity day to day in the day to day struggle? Yeah, I know. you know, because the thing it's is, a like, self fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, and what it is, and why it's so dangerous. And my final thought would be on that comment: is it gives permission giving beliefs to those in the gay community, those that don't want to be in the gay community, it gives them permission to embrace. Uh, what uh, they have been told through the courage apostles, through many apostles that are very much in line with church teaching, that they need to carry their cross here and live that inner life of chastity. However, this totally reverses someone on the fence with that, and I think it's so dangerous and reckless, as I said, and misguided. It's a misplaced compassion, is it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, praise God. Thanks for your comments today, Mark Houck from the Kingsmen Apostolate, uh, thekingsmen.org. We're grateful to have you on today. All right, God bless to be with you. God bless the rest of your show. Take All care. right, God bless you too. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back with Bree Dale. We're going to talk about the uh, breaking stories of the day. We'll we'll ask her for her take on this uh, on this story. I know she she basically was tweeting, "It's not new. This is uh, stuff that's been around for a long time." Plus, we have so much more to talk about in the headline news. Breaking stories with Bree Dale coming up. Bree Dale rather coming up here in just about two minutes. And don't forget, you know. Uh, Alexander VI, when he was Pope, he was a Borgia Pope. He had seven children as Pope. He had he had six before he became Pope, and we think one after. So Popes aren't infallible. They can teach infallibly when they follow the formula, but they aren't infallible people themselves. They are humans and therefore sinners in need of God's grace and salvation, just like the rest of us. Let's commit to praying for him that clarity is charity. We'll see you on the other side of the break with Bree Dale. We'll be right back. You're listening to GRN Alive. Now is a great time to call. 877-757-9424. I've never heard y'all before. There is this lady with her big white SUV, and on the back of the windshield is this big cross with y'all's radio station underneath. Put it on y'all's radio station anyhow, and then it starts talking about the saints and how the saints give you signs, and they lead you into the right direction. I just appreciate you and God for putting that sign in my life and letting me know that it, it is him and it's okay. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And supporting the Guadalupe Radio Network while you shop is easy. Step one, just start off at smile.amazon.com. Step two, choose La Promesa Foundation as your charity. La Promesa Foundation is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio Network. And step three, enjoy your shopping. Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase to the La Promesa Foundation, and it doesn't cost you any extra. La Promesa Foundation and Guadalupe Radio Network, thank you. Hello from the studios of Guadalupe Radio Network. My name is Janelle, and I'm a student at the University of St. Thomas. Can you believe Guadalupe Radio Network is 20 years old? That's older than me. GRN has been able to grow and flourish for so many years thanks to the grace of God, the intercession of Our Lady, and thanks to volunteers and listeners like you. So GRN can continue to grow and change lives. Please visit grnonline.com to see how you can help. Once again, that's grnonline.com. 
When you donate a car to the Guadalupe Radio Network, you're not only supporting your local Catholic radio station, you're also getting a great tax deduction. So if you have a vehicle that you don't want anymore, consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Guadalupe Radio Network by calling 1-866-628-CARS or go to grnonline.com and click on Donate. From the folks at the GRN, thank you, and may God abundantly bless you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to GRN, a live Monday edition. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's always good to be on with you. Don't forget, you can always get the podcast version of this program by going to grnonline.com. Go to connect or listen again or look for the podcast. There's actually two or three ways to get there on the website, grnonline.com. Look for GRN Alive Monday, and you can find the podcast version of the show there. Plus, it's on iTunes. It's on our mobile app. Download that today. Either way, Bree Dale is joining us again. She is. Uh, she is. I have officially dubbed her. Our, our Rome bureau chief of the GRN Live Monday show. <laughs> she does give us a very unique aspect and Amen. a very powerful Amen. one because she's right there in the yeah. middle of it Praise all. God. Bree, so, Dale, welcome back awesome. to the program. Hey, thank you for having me, you two. It's, uh, it's been a, a pleasure to be able to work with you so far, and I appreciate that, that yeah. title. God, <laughs> God, it doesn't pay well, I'm going to be honest, okay? But, uh, but praise <laughs> Jesus. Throw it on your resume, yeah. see where it gets you. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it is good to have you back. How, how is your time? I, I understand the living quarters have been settled now, so you might have a little bit of stability uh, there. Thanks. Be to God. Yes, I have my dogs here, um, and I have a lovely um, apartment with a beautiful terrazzo right by uh, St. Peter's. So wow. I am just blessed, and thank everyone for prayers, because I know that I've been calling for that, and St. Joseph delivered, for sure. Amen. So. Praise God. You know, when you, get, when you go to—I've only been to Rome once, and uh, it's just 24-7, nothing but ambulance sirens, sirens going off. I don't know yeah, how— Yeah, you might hear you might hear. Some, yeah. yeah, I don't know how people live that way, but that's okay. Praise God. Uh, there's so many breaking stories to discuss. It's hard to know where to start. Right. But let's. We were just talking about the Pope's comments. Let's start there. When that story broke, you immediately tweeted, "Hey, this isn't new. Uh, th- this could be a sort of a cover for something else." What did you mean by that? Well, I think everybody needs to take a breath and uh, and do like two minutes worth of research um, on uh, on Google because. And when I say that, not um, despairingly towards <laughs> regular people, I'm talking Amen. more of those of us in journalism, um, because uh, it, it did seem like it was almost coordinated how quickly hyperventilating um, we saw on both the left and the right when it comes to both secular press and Catholic media with regards to the statement. Um, it was a statement that was made, first off, we find, find out this past week. I, I knew beforehand because I actually knew Colm Flynn um, who is the EWTN Rome correspondent here. He's a brilliant um, journalist. EWTN has uh, really chosen well for him. He uh, did an exclusive interview, video interview of this uh, director, whereupon he really did um, ask and kept pressing um, what the motivation behind this docu-film focused on the person of Pope Francis, what mm. that was. Um, and I think it's it's important to kind of look at the the person of the director and potential um, intentions uh, or narratives being pushed in that way. Um, but it's really also important for the journalists to take a look and see that um, this was a statement that was made two years ago that was cut by the Vatican Press and then the the, the actual um, 
you know, footage uh, was was used in this documentary. It was um, and, and and that original um, interview that was done, I believe, by a Mexican press. Yeah. In that report, they came out and said he had um, proclaimed that uh, Pope Francis had said he he believed civil unions were an important thing. And I'm going to get to that in a, in a second, because I think some people kind of need to to realize, like, how much power. Uh, Pope has in civil legislation. Uh, but secondly, if you just Google, um, just do a quick Google, you'll see um, an article in to, dated in 2014 from Huffington Post. Mm. You know, this is a, a left group, obviously, but um, Pope Francis uh, suggests gay civil unions may be tolerable within a church in an interview with Italian paper Coraria uh, della Sara. So um, it's actually a very, um, uh, very respected. Italian newspaper and here this is in 2014 mm. and then in 2017 uh, New Ways Ministry came out and said um, you know Pope Francis allows for civil unions for lesbian and gay couples this is in a new book that was written um, in 2016-2017 um, uh, uh, 12 conversations between Pope and the Pope and Dominique Walton a French sociologist and the Pope was called Politics and Society so this is nothing new yeah. So then I started to say, okay, what exactly is happening this week or even today where this, like all the journalists jumped on this and, you know, so it's distraction. It's one of yeah. the things that you do within um, statescraft and psyops. And lo and behold, this, this announcement came out uh, around, I believe it was October 22nd, correct? Mm -hmm. It was yeah. the 21st. Pope, um, Pope yeah. uh, John Paul II, 21st, okay. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. on the 21st, I thought it was the 20, 22nd, but in any case, um, within that time frame, um, there was an interview that was done um, by um, La Stampa with the Secretary of State, um, Cardinal Pietro Perlin, mm. whereupon Cardinal Pietro Perlin makes the announcement that on the Feast of St. John Paul II, the Sino Vatican deal would be renewed. Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, no paper anywhere covered that this week. And uh, it, was, it was a blip on the radio. It was Go also ahead. the anniversary of the tossing of the, the pea idols, the Pachamama idols into the Tiber. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, kind, of a, kind of a big day. You know, there's a lot going on there. We had this breaking right, story. Right. And, but, you know, so we have the renewal of the Vatican deal. Now, we've talked about this several times. Right. There is rumors I would argue somewhat credible uh, rumors that the Vatican is receiving financial benefit out of this deal in exchange for allowing the communist government to decide who gets to be bishop there. And uh, right. we've we've seen part. They've never they've never gone back and and um, the press office has been requested many times to stay and make a statement on this uh, because it, it went uh, it went viral. It went into um, a secular press, and uh, I think the people. Uh, desire to know whether or not the Vatican included um, that or agreed to that in some capacity receiving money, uh, because a lot of people would consider that blood money, including Cardinal Zen. And I will say that um, Cardinal, it was it was requested uh, by uh, by the interview the interviewer uh, for La Stampa mm. to a Cardinal Pietro Perlin. Um, it, whether or not uh, the, the the church would know uh, more, the people of the church would know more uh, in the way of the details of this um, this Sino-Vatican deal. Uh, and Cardinal uh, Perlin said, no, it will remain secret. 
Wow. I mean, that's a story, and nothing nothing came out of nothing. that, uh, that yeah. interview. You know what else did not break on that day? The big story that did not happen on that day, the McCarrick Report. Still, crickets, still <laughs> no word, no sound, no nothing from anyone anywhere right. about uh, why did uh, this man McCarrick, who was molesting uh, men and young boys for years, rise to the level of... of uh, of a cardinal. But we did get 13 new cardinals. I guess there's a story there. Well, and I actually yeah. saw an interview with Father Altman who said that um, if you, as soon as they lay aside someone, then they're not going, then the, that's, the records are considered sealed. So for them to, to so the investigation stops. That's convenient. So, yes, right. that's correct. Right. So that's if, correct. If, and I will tell you that there, there are actually, there's going to be some breaking news, I believe, in the next few weeks um, coming out of um, the Catholic Herald. That's going to highlight um, an example of that and why that's so dangerous, especially when you consider, um, you know, what we've been seeing within the church um, sex abuse crisis. Uh, you know, if someone is laicized, they stop the canonical investigation and there is nothing there that holds the church accountable to um, reporting potential predators to um, to civil authority. Wow. Uh, and so what does that mean? That means a potential predator is now let um in in put out into society and if he's not as well known as someone like um cardinal uh former cardinal theodore mccarrick mm. um and he's not even really known about it's not very well known because you know the canonical investigations are very private um and for good reason you know you are um you are considered um still hopefully you're considered innocent before proven guilty but it, in this case it is it is uh i think massive negligence uh for the church to laicize someone uh like a priest predator um who has been proven as such and um and then let him go do his thing someplace else in society without yeah. having any accountability would the you person know, to, who's to again, mm-hmm. would the person who's been attacked be able to go to a civil authority, though? I mean, like, when well, they it depends. Be to- I mean, it depends. If you are a victim, many times, um, you know, the the victims I've spoken to, both male and female, um, oftentimes are adults. By the time they they really are coming to grasp to what what has occurred to them, right. and uh, many times the statute of limitations are gone. Some of them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it's a female who has been victimized, it's you know, they're married with kids. So, you know, what's that going to be like? And especially Mm. because there are a lot of people who look at that and say, well, she must have, you know, really lured him. And Mm. that's what's been used by some of these predators, you know, until you start to see, hey, there's a pattern of multiple victims. That's going to be where a lot of times people um, tend to go because people want to believe their priests. And I think this is necessary, too. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's demonic. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's there's a lot there for sure. Yeah. There's several other stories that I at least want you to touch upon uh, before we go off the air across the Guadalupe Radio Network. We always stay on right. the air on the social media platforms for another half hour, what we call the after show, to continue to dive a little deeper into these topics, but at least touch on them. Uh, I was very, uh, very surprised to see a couple of stories. There seems to be... A, a, a thing afoot in Ireland where the Irish people are really worried about this potential new crackdown that could force church closures and even priests being arrested. Uh, what's the story there? Right. So I've been digging into this, um, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like um, a lot of uh, American press are really interested in this right now because it's happening in Ireland. It's not yeah. happening in the United States yet. 
right? Um, but we, we've already seen, I, I think I posted um, this and then I posted another video of mm. what's happened in New York, mm-hmm. uh, where yes. just recently some um, Orthodox, uh, Orthodox Jews were um, in, in a house and there were, there were more than 10 people in the house. And, um, but it was a private, it was a private property, it was private, yeah. privately owned house. Yeah. And the police said that they were called because of parking violations or something to, of that sort. And then ended up going into the house of this person and claiming because of COVID they were breaking the law and it was an issue. They had this on video. You know, this video that I posted this past week of, um, you know, a, a legislation on the books right now in Ireland, um, it reportedly includes, uh, includes um, measures mm. uh, to make it, quote, illegal for priests to open the doors of their churches for mass. And I have been hearing from priests in England, too, that there have been measures being pushed for that as well, where there, you know, there have been priests who said, I'm not doing this again. I am not going to close the doors to my people. So what are you going to do? You're going to arrest me. Okay, I'm fine. I am willing to be arrested for this because I'm not going to deny the sacraments to my people anymore. There's nothing scientific that says this. And I'm here in Italy right now where we're seeing what looks like it could be in, you know, we'll know in the next seven days whether or not the Italian government shuts down the country again because of the rise of COVID. And one of the reasons why that's the case is in the United States, I mean, sorry, not, you know, well, in the United States, after, you know, the, the quarantine measures that uh, took place, mm. um, one of the lessons learned was, okay, what can we do to better prepare for maybe a second wave? So how are we going to get our hospitals so that they're not overrun? None of those measures will really, from what I've been told and what I've been seeing here in Italy, none of those measures were really taken. And so the hospitals, again, the ICUs are being overrun. So uh, Conte, the um, prime minister, is in between a rock and a hard place because the Italians, like, they're, they are on the brink economically right now. Wow. So to close down again, and they, we've already started to see protests we're going to see protests today because they've closed down the um the the restaurants and bars mm. which is one of the major money makers here mm-hmm. in in the country and wow. they've been hit hard economically and they closed down the restaurants and bars starting at 6 p.m so you know just some okay why 6 p.m you know um but these uh these individuals are working they're going to be protesting um in rome in the next few weeks because of this that's so insane. we are seeing this like pushback against the government. But yes, in Ireland, it's very concerning because they are targeting. But we saw this, too, in the United States, right? Mm. Targeting specifically the religious worship. Yes. Um, and yeah. Uh, Corleone yeah. has spoken out about this. He was holding, you know, these uh, multi-altar masses in his courtyard just so that he could maximize attendance because the city of San right. Francisco would not relent. Yeah, r- at right now, I just went to the cdc.gov website. I have a link to uh, the provisional death counts for coronavirus disease 2019 by week of death. So it breaks it down by week. I'll post a link to this on our our feed over at facebook.com forward slash grn online. And and the chart allows you to see the data particularly, but you can look at a graph and you can break that down by age group. And no matter what, it looks like the real peak was back in April and there was another slight peak in in August. And beyond that, it, the death rate is continuing to decline. Uh, in anybody younger than 45, it was minimal uh, anyway. So not that people aren't dying, they are. But here's my point lockdowns are back on the agenda but the death the 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 mortality rate is not going up even if cases are going up what do you think's fueling this new wave this fervency of lockdowns Bree Dale? 
Well, my, my background, you know, I am um, one of the things that I did when I was in the military, I became an expert in um, um, proactive preparedness for disaster relief scenarios. And one of the things that the military does is they they train to play, so to speak. So every year they train for uh, a, a type of scenario like this. And they look at the worst case scenario, i.e. all of our ICU units are being completely overrun. And that's what we have seen with um, within Italy uh, uh, this past year. And so the when when the entire t- um, country locked down, it was in order to try to quote, you know, try to quote, um, mm. slow the spread, right? So that, that you, you stopped the unnecessary come, uh, you know, um, flow into the hospitals and free up beds, right? So that mm. was the intent. Um, because I think, and this is my own opinion, having spoken also with um, other um, virologists and people who are have been looking at it, it's a, a it's a virus that is um, in a mutation. And one of the things that you have to be concerned about with mutations is even if you had the virus the first time, you could potentially get another strain of the virus again. And we have actually seen that with people who are healthcare workers getting it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good friend of mine who was a seminarian um, let me know just recently that uh, that he had it and it was very bad. I mean, he he, he said it was uh, it, he felt like he was hit by a truck for months and he lost his smell. And he lost his yeah. taste. It is coming back. Another friend of mine, very similar, and she lost her father to it. I'm so so it is, I'm not downplaying the severity. Um, but what I am saying is just it does seem to be that um, the intent here is to try to it's utilitarian. It's to try to ensure that the healthcare workers have are, are not overwhelmed. It isn't to say, oh, in order for us to do this or in order for us to get a an uh, uh, you know, vaccine created. Once that happens, everything is going to be cured, right? Because we have that in the flu as well. Yeah, it won't happen. In the yeah. flu, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a virus, and so you know, like when you're in the military, every year you're supposed to be getting your flu vaccine, right? And that flu vaccine was created from um, certain strains of the flu from China the year prior. So they expect <laughs> that that strain is going to make it over to the United States. And so that's yeah. where you get the flu vaccine, right? Yeah. But, you know, in reality, it's not curing the flu. It's right. just allowing this particular strain to maybe not affect you as much. You build up an immune system to it. So I think there is a, a, a you know, there, I think there's a necessary science that needs to be considered and not the panic. And that's one of the reasons why this whole mask scenario, like, You've got to wear the mask outside here in in Italy. Wow. Why? Right. You know, like the, it, it, there's no science backing this. We are about to run out of so. time. Uh, I wanted to get your comment. I have about uh, three minutes left on the clock before I have to say goodbye to the Guadalupe Radio Network on the radio side. We'll stay on for the social media live feed for another half hour on Facebook.com forward slash GRN online. You can find us on YouTube and Twitter as well. Just search for us with at GRN online. But I want you to comment on the Hunter Biden story, especially from your back background in intelligence and media spin and all of that um it seems like it's the the data itself has been corroborated by several sources the director of national intelligence even said it's not related to russia russia is not is trying to do a, a misinformation campaign but what is your take on all of this well i think in any kind of really good propaganda it can be utilized and manipulated by bad actors so i think that's that's the first thing you have to take a look at is that it could be 90 the best type of propaganda is 90 percent true and then you've got that 10 percent of maybe it's not true right so that's the first thing that you have to look at in our media 
okay, we're covering this or not, or simply the media not covering it. That's another area of psyops that you have to look at. But is it possible that he had a hard drive? Yes, we know that Hillary Clinton had a secret hard drive, yeah. right? We know that her secret drive or, you know, not so secret was infiltrated by uh, like many bad actors. We know this. We know this, that we know that assets were burned when Hillary Clinton had her hard drive at home, okay? Mm. He had a hard drive and he was the son of a vice president. Absolutely 100%, he was, I mean, they were infiltrated. Um, this is why we believe the Chinese had, um, uh, you know, documents. One of the things that the Chinese did, supposedly, according to some of these emails that have come out, is that they, they gave Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, the Biden family, millions of dollars of loans. Why? Why? Because they have information that they can blackmail. This is why it's really important to take a look at, um, you know, the situation with the Sino-Vatican deal in the same light. Why did the why was the Vatican hacked by the Chinese as many times as, as it was in the past year? Because they're looking for something that they can bring to the table and say, we've got this over you. That's how the Chinese work. Mm. And that's how bad actors work. I mean, that's how the Russians will work as well. So you have to be defensive in the way that you handle your electronics. Uh, you have to be careful. I've spoken to many um, journalists who work in in and around the Vatican about protecting their sources, using you know alternative means of uh, of covering their IP addresses, um, keeping and making sure that they they're on their own personal um, you know Wi-Fi and not uh, connected to any of the free Wi-Fi around here. And I will tell you that some of the uh, um, the Vatican journalists that I've spoken to, well, no Vatican journalists are not protecting themselves or their assets in that end. And uh, and I'm not saying that you know Vatican bad actors, but we do have we know that the Chinese do have bad actors, and they are seeking to manipulate. So when you have someone like um, Hunter Biden um, going and doing these things, and some of the things that are coming out, it's awful, awful yes. things coming out. All right, hold we that have to thought. Worry about security. Hold that thought. I'm sure Cardinal Zen could uh, could agree that the Chinese aren't to be trusted. Just saying. So yeah. uh, hold that thought. We're going to go uh, say goodbye to the Guadalupe Radio Network, and then we're going to be on for the live video feed for another half hour in the after show. Again, you can hang out with us there. Comment there. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Or find us on Twitter and YouTube to search for GRN online. I want to thank Teresa Kumar for being back in the saddle. Well, thank you. Uh, Tim Mott for reading the news and helping to produce the show, and uh, Janelle for video switching. Uh, even though she doesn't watch movies on the weekend, we still we still appreciate her being here. And David Magianis for uh, running the board for us. We're so grateful to you. Thank you, and if you're in Midland and going to the Fishers of Men dinner, I'll see you Thursday. Until then, we'll see you next week. May God richly bless you. Thank you for listening to GRN Alive. From the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network. For more faith, fun, and facts, join our email list. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's GRN to the number 42828. And take Jesus wherever you go this week. Hello, my name is Bob Parra, owner of Parra Car Care. We're proud sponsors of KATH 910 AM. Parra Car Care is devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the U.S. area, 817-685-2222. And for the Northwestern Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at www.parracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Blessed be God, 
Blessed be his holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be his most sacred heart. Blessed be his most precious blood. Blessed be Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Blessed be the Holy Spirit of Paraclete. Blessed be the Great Mother of God, Mary most holy. Blessed be her holy and immaculate conception. Blessed be her glorious assumption. Blessed be the name of Mary, Virgin and Mother. Blessed be Saint Joseph, her most chaste spouse. Blessed be God in his angels and in his saints. Amen.